Dad Pods. Hi, I'm Mike. I'm Shane. And today, episode three, and today we are going to talk about comfort television. Yeah, so any kind of TV show that you use to sort of wrap you in that warm blanket and stuff, of just, you don't have to think, you don't have to worry about anything. Maybe you've had a long, hard day and you just kind of sit down and just zone out for a good hour or two. Or maybe a half hour. Or maybe a half hour, 22 minutes. All of these are good. It's the shows that really, they can always, they always hit the spot. Right. You can pick them up at any point. You don't have to, uh, you know, start from the beginning or, or, or anything like that. If you, if you, if you happen to be flipping around on the TV, if anybody actually flips around on the TV, like the remotes anymore, you know, if you happen, if you happen to throw through one and you, and you, and you're starting 15 minutes into it, you can still watch the rest of it. I like to think of it as TV. That's really good when you're folding laundry at the same time. Folding laundry. Uh, it's really good if you're, uh, traveling and you're in a hotel room and you're like jet lagged and you can't sleep at, you know, 11 o'clock at night. It's a good one. All right. So sh should we start the list? We'll start with honorable, honorable mentions. Sure. So, um, the way I was thinking about my list and we, we, we both have a top five, the way I was thinking about my list is like, you know, a comfort, a comfort food or comfort uh, show is not really one that is, one of the all-time great TV shows. Not necessarily. Like, Seinfeld is an all-time great TV show. But it's not a comfort show. It's not comfortable. It's funny. Yeah, it requires a lot of mental energy. And they're right. often packed with jokes. It's very funny, well-written. But to appreciate it, to really get it, you have to have started the episode. You have to remember what happens there. For example, the backwards episode. If you don't start that from the beginning, oddly enough, you have no idea what's going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's also the jokes in there while you laugh at them, they don't make you feel good necessarily. Right. They're they're They can be a little harsh. A lot of it is sort of making fun of a character that for reasons that maybe aren't necessarily uh, wholesome in nature. Yeah. <laughs> that was really the premise of the show. The premise right. was, these are a uh, bunch of jerks. Yeah, these are a bunch of assholes. Sorry, I, we can mark that as a curse if we want to. Uh, of course, <laughs> <laughs> because of because of our eight year olds that are watching listening to the podcast. Um. So yeah. So no Seinfeld. Um. No Friends. I can't have Friends. Friends is terrible. I have a hot take. Friends is just bad. <laughs> Very popular. No it's very popular and you know what, for all you people that like it and probably call it a comfort show of your own, fine. Uh, I, I tried watching that show when it first came out. I didn't laugh at a single joke in the show. I thought it was a little, uh, a little just too vanilla. So, so I'm gonna stay out of this one. Uh, we just went to a <laughs> 90s trivia night. Uh huh. And uh, one of the topics was Friends. Okay. Which, uh, you know, the wife and I, we don't know that much about friends, so we could not contribute at all. However, the friends that we brought with us, they were ringers to answer the friends questions. Okay. So, so anyway, so we've got, we've got friends in there. I'm not going to put that one. 
honestly, most most of your '90s and 2000, early 2000s sitcoms are not very good. I think um, we do have one in here that that did make my top five, but uh, for the most part, like everyone, everybody loves Raymond. Um, do you know the show that I'm talking about that I can never remember the name of? It's a nerd show. It's on right now, not right now. But I think I think it's actually over. It's called the Big Big Bang Theory. That one. Okay. People always tell me that I should watch that show. I've never been able to watch it. I don't have any desire to. But yeah. Anyway. So that doesn't make my list. So also as an honorable mention, uh, Frasier. Frasier is a good show. And there is a comfort level to it. It just didn't make my top five. Yeah, I agree. That is a good show. I like how they change things. That's mm -hmm. kind of a, a nice change in the sitcom format where Daphne and Miles actually get together at a certain point. Yeah. Also, if you're, if we kind of, because um, we do make like the sports analogy every once in a while, Frasier is like, like because it was a spinoff and most spinoff shows are not really that great. There's a few exceptions. But like Frasier, I mean, you can make the argument that Frasier was better than Cheers. I wouldn't, but you could. I mean, it was certainly more successful. It went longer. I think it probably did better in the ratings. Maybe, I don't know. I'm going to be talking trash right now. But... <clears throat> it was a good show. Well written. It was a well written show. So, the list. Do we want to start with the list? Or, oh, oh, so there's a couple of like procedural type shows that didn't make our list. Uh, that probably do deserve mention. Uh, anybody who watches like uh, the NBA on TNT has probably watched like the last ten minutes of a Bones episode, and those are those are always great. Oh yeah, I the, I love that because it's it's always the same. This is right. actually a hallmark of good comfort television. Yeah, right, uh, and then um, you wouldn't think it was would be this comfortable because the the main character is so, such a, an a hole, but House. Is a good comfort sheet, comfort food. Comfort yeah, sheet. house also kind of always follows the same formula every mm -hmm. single time. There's an arc. It's not lupus. It's <laughs> for some reason it's never lupus. Yeah. One episode they should have made it lupus. I, you know what? That 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 should have been like the final episode. It was like yeah. it was lupus. Lupus the whole time. Just for all the listeners out there, I did just take my hand and slap my forehead. That was the noise you heard. Oh, <laughs> I think this is an important omission. This did not make the, the list, but a good show, The Office. The Office? Okay, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, It's an excellent show. Uh, I, I will say, though, it, it has a bit of an end that should be before the end. As soon as Steve Carell leaves. Yeah, it, it's done. Yeah, they didn't need to keep doing it, but they did. Yeah, honestly, as soon as uh, 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 what's his name, the Pam and Who's He What's It got together and sort of married, I think the the tenor of the show changed and it became Jim, Jim and Pam. Uh, the tenor of the show, show show changed and it became less about. It was not as good from that point on. I'm pretty sure they didn't know what to do once they got together, but that that will feed into some of the shows we talk about. Exactly, exactly. So let's get started. So um, our list starts with at number five the same show. So do we want to talk about this show? And what show is that, Mike? That show would be Criminal Minds. So Criminal Minds just ended its run for 15 strong years on CBS, uh, marketed mostly towards like most CBS shows, like uh, octogenarians, maybe septuagenarians. 
it's a show about uh, a group of FBI agents that uh, you know track serial killers. Uh, when did you start in on Criminal Minds? Oh gosh, I think before children. Uh, okay. I, I remember it distinctly that we, I feel like we watched a lot of episodes during my wife's pregnancy. So we're putting this around 12 years ago. However, okay. it started before that, like okay. for yeah, a long mine, time. So mine started uh, with, with uh, my son. So uh, it, was, it was the show that we would watch, you know, when the kid got up at one o'clock in the morning. And thankfully it was like always on. This is before streaming. This is before like internet TV or anything like that. And, it, and thankfully it was just like always on. And you could, you know, the show was like, it started, it had a beginning, it had a middle and it had an end and you didn't have to watch the next episode if you didn't have time or you wanted to actually go back to sleep. Uh, you didn't have to watch the previous one because it was just like, oh, okay. You know, sometimes there was a new character and you're just like, oh, okay. They're all beautiful characters. That's one thing that's kind of a theme for comfort shows. I think, I think beautiful people on screen is comforting. Yeah, for some reason, people seem to like that. I would think it would make us feel bad about ourselves, but it, it doesn't. No, no, no. Makes us feel good about the characters. Because, and the other thing about the Criminal Minds characters, they're all good people. Like there's really, like there's a couple of them that are kind of terse and a little grumpy, but they're not bad. They're all good. Except for, you know, all the killers. Yeah, which, you know, you got one of those, but you know who that is right away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you, you, uh, I make the joke with my wife every time they like they, they reveal the killer really early in the, in the episode and like you, you see the person's face. It's like, oh, I think that's the guy. That's the unsub. Pretty sure. I, I think you've also, <laughs> you just uh, hinted into another really key part of the show, the unsub. I think yes. this show really put the word unsub into the vernacular. Oh, absolutely. No one talked, no one used that term before this, this show. I have an important question for you, Shane. Okay, what's, my, what's the important question? Once you know who the unsub is, is it still an unsub? That's an excellent question. It should be just the sub, right? Right. Yeah. The or just use the name. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> that could be the case. It's like, oh, it's, it's Jack. It's, it's, oh, it's that guy. <laughs> yeah, but and and they it, invariably somebody will say Jack is our unsub. It's like that is weird. Just <laughs> when you know what unsub unknown subject what it stands for is like Jack is our unknown subject. He's like, no, he's, he's known now. I think you just told me that you know who it is. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit like the word disgruntled. No one's ever really gruntled to start with. It's just disgruntled. Someday. I don't think. Yeah. So. Someday Gruntled will enter into the vernacular. Right. Okay. Anything more on Criminal Minds? Uh, no. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about it some more in the future, though. Okay. Yes. Um, so my number four is ER. An excellent so, show. Yeah. ER ran for something like 20 years on NBC. It was like the the lead, It was like the the tentpole show for for NBC before one of our upcoming shows uh but it was like the thursday night it was like it went like friends some random sitcom seinfeld some other random sitcom and then er and i think most people in america at that time were watching their television on thursday nights to watch you know to get to er at the end 
Yeah, I remember when the show launched, actually. It was a big deal because Michael mm -hmm. Crichton was somehow involved and he was a very so hot author at the time. The show, uh, was one of my factoids. Uh, he, was, he was big in the 90s. He did like, you know, obviously Jurassic Park and then ER and then uh, unfortunately died very young. But, um, but yeah, so, you know, every, every episode kind of has like a structure of a regular sort of procedural show, whether it be like a cop show or a medical drama where um there might be some ongoing sort of plot things but generally it's sick person comes into the er uh we go ahead and we we make them better uh it also um i think it started the whole walking and talking sort of style of tv where they follow the you know the handheld camera follows the person through an er as it was and the hospital and they're you know they're talking and walking and saying things like staff and um uh give me 30 cc's of whatever um and uh kind of started that uh west wing certainly perfected it um in the way that it stylistically uh was shot but i think er was kind of the first show that i remember uh that did that yeah i remember er feeling really fast paced so there's yes. no it's not like they'd walk somewhere and then talk to right. pace it out it would it, things would just happen they were constantly moving there was no like i don't know that uh dr green played wonderfully by uh, Anthony Edwards, formerly Goose uh, from Top Gun, uh, that he ever sat down in the 15 years that he was on the show. Did we ever see him in a chair? No, you see him lying down and dies. Oh yeah, he dies and he gets beat up that one time. There was a lot of attacks. We were talking about this offline. There's a lot of attacks in ER. There was a guy that brought a gun in. There was a stabbing victim. Mark Green does get beat up in a bathroom in the ER. It's like, there wasn't very good security at the, uh, at the old ER in Chicago, whatever, Chicago General made up hospital, what it was. Yeah, if you total all of the events, wasn't there a helicopter crash at one point too? Oh, it took off a guy's arm. <laughs> it was one of the, it was like the, you know, the, 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 there was a rotating character that was always sort of like a, the attending surgeon was always just like a big jerk. And he was one of them. And it like took off an arm up at the up at the top of the ER. Um, there was the uh, uh, really started the career for George Clooney. He mm. became mega star. Um, <clears throat> and there is the formula that we talked about a little bit. The uh, you know every show's got to have a dad character, a mom character, a uh, starlet, and a uh, like boy band character guy. Yeah. So, so break it down. What it is so, it for ER? So, so, so our, 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 our dad character is going to definitely be Dr. Green, sort of the, the fatherly character, you know, he's a little older, he's sort of the attending physician, you know, he balding takes at age 30. Yeah. Balding at age, he's probably 35. We'll give him that. Um, the, uh, the starlet is definitely, or the mom character is definitely the, the redhead. Who I, can't remember her name. I know it was played by Sherry Stringfield. I can't remember her character's name, but but the '90s great time for for redheads. We had her and uh, the X Files, Jillian um, uh, Anderson, on a, on at the same time. Scully. Yes, um, and then your boy band is going to obviously be Noah Wiley, Doctor Carter. I think he was on the show the longest. He was on the show for almost its entire run, and then uh, the starlet would be Julian Margulies. Nurse uh, Hathaway. So. The show is remarkable in that the whole cast from the opening cast gets swapped out by the time the show is done. 
Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So there would be a whole different level of, you know, who's the dad here? Who's the mom here? Who's the starlet? Who's the boy band? Um, I don't know who they were at the end. No, I, I cannot <laughs> say that I've watched every iteration of ER. No, I, I, you know, but I could, I could watch a random episode right now and it would feel great, which is the point. Yeah. Because I think other people have said this, the star of the show was the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. It, it does. It does. It's kind of like the, there's an old uh, philosophical problem about um, boat, like a ship that's made of wood, right? Like if you, if you build your ship and then you name it, you know, the SS Lusitania or whatever, and you, over the course of that ship's life, replace every piece of wood with a different piece of wood. Is it still the same ship? And you still call it the Lusitania, right? Because it's still certain has that name that's kind of like er yeah mm -hmm. i like to believe the successor to er is still on now it's called uh chicago med also in chicago really yep wow. i've never watched chicago med maybe i'll have to uh... well there's a whole unified chicago cinematic universe chicago med <laughs> chicago fire chicago uh -huh. pd it's the mcu for uh, 75 year olds yeah exactly <laughs> Well, probably, and us. <laughs> on CBS, right? Uh, maybe it is. I don't know, actually. Who knows what channels are anymore? That's the good, good point. It's all streaming services now. Yeah. So you're number four. Yeah. So, so mine, uh, this is a show also connected to The Office, I believe, by one of the creators. Michael Schur, I think, is involved. Mm -hmm. It's Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Mm -hmm. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Excellent. And, Love this show. I actually haven't watched every single episode. So this hasn't, doesn't fit the, oh, it's just on and I've seen them all. But I always just turn it on right. whenever I want and I, I can watch any episode. It's great. Mm -hmm. It is an example. There's so many things about it. It fits the workplace sitcom in this case. Mm -hmm. it's cop show, the rare cop comedy show. Yeah, it's also like, like most cop shows are so dour and serious. And every episode is life and death. Like, you know, I mean, we, we mentioned Criminal Lines earlier. Like, in every episode, at least one, if not all, the characters pull out their guns, right? And oftentimes there's a, uh, oftentimes there's a, uh, an unsub that's been shot, right? Or at the end, it's killed or something. Like that. Right. Hey, shh. Um, but yeah, so, uh, but Brooklyn Nine-Nine is not like that. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a light show about, uh, really cool characters doing nice things to one another instead of, you know, always investigating murders. And, you know. Even when they're investigating a murder, they're still pretty nice. Remarkable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So other aspects, uh, Captain Holt might be my favorite character. Probably unique. He's the... I think his the actor's name is Andre Browder. So he's he's a he's a great actor, um, and he's done a lot of those sort of really serious cop shows, which I think is why it's really interesting that he is um, put himself in this show, which is a very like almost a spoof of what he would have been doing on other shows in a previous uh, job. He makes himself so straight laced to the point where it's hilarious. <laughs> Right, 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 yeah. It's a little bit like uh, like if uh, Clint Eastwood had starred in 
the naked gun like like it was a character in the naked gun and it was just like dirty harry but in this weird bizarre sort of spoof of of a cop show it's great other interesting things we talked about how uh, the office didn't really hold up once jim and pam got together jake and amy do get married during the course of the show and they're still great uh-huh so the so show jake, just yeah so so jake would be the uh boy band oh yeah okay peralta right right so and then amy well oddly enough that amy is definitely the mom of the show so you'd have the boy band marrying the mom which is weird there's no there's no incest here it's all just roles yeah yeah and then the dad i'm assuming is the andre brower character definitely yeah clearly <laughs> without a doubt mm -hmm. so they get married and they still remain interesting i think the show does it by having them you know their personalities change a bit they as people do once they're in a relationship and it shows mm -hmm. them being funny together as a couple, which I think is great. Yeah. Well, good. All right. Um, my number three, Scrubs. Great show. Yeah. So, uh, so far we've got hospital and uh, cop shows. <laughs> and, uh, but there is something comforting about a workplace in, in one of those environments. You, you like to think of those people as sort of valuable in some way and sort of comfortable um scrubs is really funny uh character wise um you know it does have uh some of the archetypes that we mentioned the dad characters clearly dr cox uh the boy band probably jd um the uh the uh starlet is going to be elliot and uh the mom is going to be carla um you know from a structural standpoint, it's a, it's a little weirder than a lot of sitcoms because so many of the jokes and so much of the, uh, the, um, the tenor of the show comes from these little vignettes inside JD's brain where he just kind of, he's got a wild imagination and he'll just like imagine something based on what somebody said. And it's all of a sudden, you know, he's riding a horse on a beach or something, you know, just, just really bizarre little, little vignettes that sort of, uh, make it almost cartoonish in a way. Yeah, I think that was the hook of the show originally, that yeah. you could see mm -hmm. his imagination and they would actually act it out. Well, originally, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, the uh, janitor in the show, who's got a major um, uh, beef with JD the entire show, uh, was, was only going to be a character in JD's brain. Like it was gonna be completely imaginary. No one else would see him. It would just be JD's song. The first, the first few episodes, he doesn't interact with anyone else, the janitor. They, they eventually changed it um, to, to make him just be the janitor. But uh, originally, the idea was that he was going to be just a weird sort of imaginary character, like Snuffleupagus or something like that. that that's making the show go into more of a tragedy than a comedy. <laughs> if... I think that's probably why they did it. They wanted, they wanted to not make JD as crazy as <laughs> that sort of makes him out to be. They wanted to make him like have an active imagination, maybe not necessarily somebody that needs to be institutionalized. Probably not a good trait in your doctor. Right. Which is also the reason why, you know, uh, Big Bird eventually didn't, you know, had to show everybody that Snuffleupagus exists. While it's very cute for, for children to have um, imaginary friends, once that happens, once you're 20 years in on an imaginary friend, it's probably okay. Time to, uh, 
sh show the reality. Well, I'd like to believe that Big Bird was always a child, though. Just sure, sure, Big sure, Bird. sure. But I think uh, that's why they did it. I mean, you, you know that Snuffleupagus is no longer an imaginary character. So um, other people can see Snuffleupagus. Yes. All right. Things I go. learned. Learn, learn something every day. Um, so we've got our archetypes. We've got our characters. Scrub's a really funny show. Um, it made the smart choice of, of, you know, they got the two kit, the two uh, uh, characters together early on, but then they separated them, uh, JD and Elliot. Yeah, within uh, the same episode. Right, right. And they, they, they kind of, they played a little bit with the will they or won't they for a couple of episodes, and then they, they did it, and then they just separated them. And I was just like, yep, they're not going to be together. They're going to be friends, but they're not going to be together. So they didn't have to worry about that, you know, will they or won't they, you know, moonlighting, cheers, Sam and Diane type stuff. Or friends. Or friends. Um, God, friends. <laughs> anyway, um, next one, your three. Ah, my number three. The West Wing. Excellent show. I could watch any episode at any time. And uh, for the most part, well, number one, it helps that the show is really high quality. So all the episodes are really good. And uh, there is something comforting in this, this day and age of politics uh, where yeah. the West Wing can be very reassuring in that way. Yeah. Is it the last, is it the last great American uh, like network television show? Ah, oh, that's a great question. I, I'm not sure. I, I actually do still like shows like Lost, which came out yeah. after. I know a lot of people have problems with it, but like there's, there's still some yeah. really great episodes of Lost, really great storytelling. Mm -hmm. I'd like to believe that there's going to be future ones. We'll see. <laughs> if there's going to be networks. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so uh, the things I think about with West Wing, um, uh, you know, it perfected the walking and talking. Uh, camera moving behind you, um, even doing something so mundane as government work, which is mostly bureaucracy. They're just, you know, they're zooming around the, uh, uh, the office like, like ER. Like it's really, for a, for, it's a fast paced show that's mostly just characters talking. Yeah, for a show that's where all the action is talking, they actually make, it makes talking into action. Yeah, you can't you can't walk away from a West Wing episode. You have to come watch it. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Also, it's another type of show where all of the characters, for the most part, they're all nice to each other. Yes, yeah. mm -hmm. even the Republicans. Yeah, which is completely unrealistic. I know, but uh, <laughs> it was wishful thinking. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Who's the father in the, uh, who's the... Well, it's probably Jed Bartlett, actually. Jed Bartlett, you think? You can make an argument for Leo. Leo, RIP. Uh, mm -hmm. Leo's great. He might be, and I'm not quite sure then what, where Bartlett goes. Mm -hmm. Well, the thing about Bartlett, at least early on, Bartlett's not a big character. Right, uh, intentionally. Right. It's supposed to be about how the West Wing deals with the limited time you have with the president and yep. like how everything has to funnel to to him. That, that first episode I remember was really great. They, they don't show the president until the very end. Till the very, very end, yeah. 
And I think, uh, I think, I think it was just a factor of, of Martin Sheen just being so great in that, uh, in that show that they just like, we can't not have him on screen more. Yeah. <laughs> that was probably the intent, but then they're like, let's just use him because he's awesome. Yeah. Cause you know, he's, he's Martin Sheen. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so it's either Leo or him as the father. The mother is probably Donna. The most maternal character. Yeah, you could argue. I mean, could be the first lady. Some could be the first lady. She's in so few episodes, though. I mean, she's in maybe five episodes a season. That's true. Yeah, Donna probably fills the role the best. It's not CJ, and it's not yeah, and it's not a a, a male character either. I mean, these don't have to be binary sort of choices. No, no, we're talking about the the role. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Boy band has got to be Rob Lowe. Got to be. And is that the worst decision ever for him to leave the show after like two seasons? I mean, he, he did, did, get, did get to get a, at least one other temple show later on, but that was more dumb luck than anything, right? Yeah, I'm not entirely... I, I didn't follow why he left. Um, right. Oddly enough, the way he leaves in the show is almost reflective of him making the choice to leave in the first place. It was a little a haphazard, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, and then the, the interesting thing is Starlet, they tried a bunch of different characters. So they had the, the brunette that was the uh, lobbyist or something that was kind of flirty with uh, Josh early on. And then she sort of flamed out. Then they had the Southern lawyer girl uh, who also sort of was there for about a season and then she didn't really work out. They tried that, that character a few times. Yeah, and I wonder if this is something, a Sorkin thing, always figuring that out. Yeah, Sorkin's not great. Yeah, although this show, great female characters. A couple of them, yeah. CJ's excellent, Donna's excellent. Uh, Chloe. Chloe, Zoe. Zoe. Zoe, Zoe, of course. Elizabeth Moss, her first yes. major role. And it might also just be that whoever was casting, because Elizabeth Moth, they obviously got her very young. And yeah. as it turns out, they got a great actress. Mm -hmm. Lucky, right? Sometimes you're going to get, you know, Dana Plato. <laughs> R.I.P. Okay. <laughs> uh, different Strokes. Did you ever see Different Strokes? I did see Different Strokes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, my number two, we're getting towards the end here, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Excellent. Um, yeah, it's an excellent show. Uh, sort of came out at a time where I was just like right into sort of finishing college, starting grad school. Um, has the structure where you've got this, like there, there is an overarching sort of big bad in every season. Um, so it does help to sort of watch a show that way. But it's also does do like the demon of the week. So Buffy the Vampire Slayer, she's a teenage girl, uh, kills vampires. It's all, it's all in the title. Great. So Sunnyvale, California, or Sunnydale, California. Sunnyvale is in Silicon Valley. Sunnydale is, in fact, fictional. But it sits upon a hellmouth. Um, it's clearly got the, you know, the fatherly character is the Watcher, whose name is Giles. Uh, you can pick boy bands and starlets all over the place uh, because that is a beautiful show. It's a show on the CW, so it might be just full of boy band starlets. Exactly. So it started, it started on the WB, but then became, went to the CW when the CW became a channel. Um, 
And then the motherly character would be Willow, who's like the most sort of mature of the characters, which makes her, when she becomes bad there for a little bit, makes it even more, you know, um, a big thing. Um, really fun show. It, had, it really balanced action with horror and humor in a way that probably um, was really indicative of the times. I mean, like Scream came out certainly around the same time, the Scream movies, uh, which kind of turned the sort of horror genre around to where it was a little funny and it was a little, it could be goofy and funny and, and sort of, it didn't have to be so dour and uh, um, kind of serious. Yeah. And, and the dialogue is just great in the show. Yeah, also another one where action through dialogue. Dialogue is so fast paced and the, the banter is so great that yeah. it just moves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, it's got, it's, it's, it, it plays with uh, tropes too. There's the nerd characters, there's the cheerleader character. Um, you know, Buffy herself was a riff, used to be a cheerleader and kind of really still wants that life where she's the popular girl and everything, but she can't live it anymore. Yeah. It deals with sort of the, the major things that you go through in adolescence, probably better than any show that I've ever watched. So, you know, Buffy's first time is like, is an amazing episode and then turns her at that time boyfriend into an evil demon, which is what happens to a lot of first times, right? Yes, a little on the nose, but it's a supernatural show, so it's, it's good. Yeah, yeah. And uh, um, also, uh, and what's common in all these shows, but in this show in particular, the, the, the music that they get is all like really edgy, alternative, like LA sounds, uh, you know, emo 1990s grunge music and all kinds of really cool stuff from that era. Um, so I think that they even had like Portishead on the show, plays the, the, plays the show, Amy Mann plays the show. Uh, they get some actual real bands. What's the name of the, the place where they go that plays music? The kids go uh, there. Yeah, the, uh, oh my God, we're so old. The club, whatever it is. The Bronze. The Bronze, that's right. Yeah. I yeah. was about to say the Peach Pit After Dark. <laughs> <laughs> Another show that probably could have made this list, but uh, I, I, I always, you always have the trouble with it's like 37 year old actors trying to be 18. It's just, <laughs> it looks weird. When, when, when somebody is clearly going through like menopause, it, you just can't have them be 17 anymore. Well, they tried. <laughs> they they did. sure tried. They tried. Ian Ziering, RIP. Yes. No, he's, he's not dead. It's uh, Luke Perry, RIP. Oh, that's right, Luke Perry. I just killed Iron Zero. Oh. <laughs> well, R.I.P. Rest, rest, rest well, anyhow. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Your number two. My number two, and probably my favorite right now, although in terms of just comfort show and shows that I'm rewatching, is Parks and Rec. Another Michael Schur show. Another Mike Schur. Another workplace show. Mm -hmm. And there's so They're many great. Another government show, huh? I wonder if that's something. <laughs> a, a show that I actually believe could only have existed during the Obama uh, presidency. Sure. 
there was a certain view of, of government. Uh, Leslie Nope's a great character. Uh, maybe this is another reoccurring thing in the shows that I really like, that they have unique characters that I just don't see that archetype anywhere else. Yeah. While she might fill the role of, of like the mother role, mm -hmm. this particular version of that role is, is very unique. She's very earnest. She believes in what she does. She's mm -hmm. upbeat to a fault, which is yeah. amazing. I heard a, I read a, I heard an interview with Mike Schur and he talked about, so that, cause the first season of uh, Parks and Rec is a little uneven. Yeah. They don't really know what the show is yet. And he says that, you know, Amy Poehler, she figured out the, the character before the writers did. And it was her being goofy and weird and letting everybody else around her be sort of the straight man in the, in the comedy thing, in the comedy uh, uh, duo relationship. Yeah. And, that's what it, it wasn't her being, you know, serious and, and, and kind of playing that role and then having all these quirky character characters around her. Yeah, it's a tremendous cast. Yes. Everyone, it's a it's an all star cast. Mm -hmm. Again, to use this sports analogy, even though I uh, probably hated the what's a 1927 Yankees right. lineup. Yeah. All Hall of Famers, everyone great in their own right. Pretty much everyone's gone on to do something else. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Amy Poehler can do whatever she wants. I mean, yep. she's done tons of stuff. Um, Aziz Ansari? Yeah, Aziz Ansari did Master of None, which is excellent. It's not a comfort show, but it's a good show. Um, uh, you know, obviously, Chris Pratt becoming, you know, a superhero that fights crime with a raccoon and a tree. Now. That might have been most unlikely if all the betting odds. <laughs> yeah. That's uh it's pretty it's pretty weird because he also then because he's also then fighting dinosaurs with uh, Jurassic Park. He's uh, and I think is the I think he's the only actor that has three Lego representations of himself. So he's got because he was in, he voiced the guy and the, the lead character in the Lego movie. He's got the <laughs> park and he's got uh, Star Lord. See, I was wondering if they ever made a Parks and Rec set, <laughs> in which case I would have had to find it. No, but we did. We, but they did make a. You 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 mentioned this the other day, right? They made a uh, a Cones of Dunshire game. Yes, you for a little bit of time, you could actually buy a set of the Cones of Dunshire and play it for yourself. Yes, so. Maybe season four or five. Uh, ben Wyatt creates the uh, the cones of Dunshire, which is like a like a like a board game RPG, kind of like uh, Dungeons and Dragons or Settlers of Catan, something like that, but overly complicated and three dimensional. Oh, very much like Settlers of Catan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, so the the mom character is clearly. Leslie, uh, the dad character is clearly Ron Swanson. Uh, it's it's weird to say that that Andy Dwyer is a little uh, uh, boy bandy, but he's goofy enough and sort of you know harmless in that sort of boy bandy way because he's so earnest and so um, yeah. Yeah, but again, I could see that. But but again, these are just like I think the one common theme so far with like every one of our shows we would want to be friends with just about every one of the characters in these shows like oh yeah 
Like I wouldn't want to go, I wouldn't want to be like neighbors with somebody from Seinfeld, but I would love to like live down the street from Ann Perkins. Right. She'd be a great neighbor. Oh yeah, totally. And actually everyone in Parks and Rec, they, we'd make in some way, shape or form, everyone's a great neighbor there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Ron Swanson's going to do like handy stuff around your house if you need it. Um, like if you, he's going to redo your roof probably without you even asking him to just because, you know, he looks at it and says what shoddy work and he fix it. Exactly. Ann Perkins is the, the nurse that's, you know, when you think you have coronavirus, she's going <laughs> to help you. And Leslie can any amount of organizing you want to do. Yeah. Andy's going to, Andy's going to babysit for you and play all of your kids' birthday parties. Yeah. He's, he's the band that you want to hire. Yep. Every single time. Yeah. He'll play your wedding and your kids' birthday parties. It's great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Every single character there uh, up and down the line. Another, yeah, just what makes it an all around great show. And when they brought in new people, when they brought in Ben and and Chris, they just fit in really well. Oddly enough, Rob Lowe is not the boy band here. No, no, he was in, uh, he's, uh, you know, 10 years later, so maybe even longer. But when did the West Wing, I always forget when the West Wing started, when it ended and stuff like that. Because it sort of ended right before the Obama administration, right? And Parks and Rec, and Parks and Rec started shortly after the Obama administration started. So they kind of lead into one another in a little bit, little ways. All right. So the number one. Yes. The number one for both. The number one for both is The Simpsons. Ta-da! So so many episodes. So it's a comfort show that I will fully admit to not having watched the last 10 years of. Probably. But still, you've probably, you'd like, you'd watch an episode of it and you wouldn't be like, oh, this is weird. I don't understand this. It would be just like, it'd be just like, oh, okay. This could have this could have come out of season three. Yeah, they maybe all... the smartphones, and there'd be like a joke about a smartphone, right? It'd be like, you know, Homer wouldn't be able to talk to Siri correctly or something like that. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that's happened. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I haven't seen it, but I'm sure I, I could watch it right now and it'd be fine. There's also something though about the when I think of The Simpsons, I'm thinking of a specific era of The Simpsons, maybe seasons four through seven. There's, there's a wheelhouse for people our age sure. where I could basically say, oh, we, sh- we should embiggen it. And if someone else replies that, oh, that's a perfectly cromulent word. <laughs> yeah, I do that to a lot of the uh, millennials that I work with at work. And they don't, I just, yeah. yeah, and then you know, if they're not speaking your language, you, you can do a little can side eye. Go away. The Simpsons, Simpsons does seem to be cross-generational. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's spanned like six of them. Well, yeah, just by longevity. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it debuted in, what, 88 or 89, something like that. Yeah, it actually does start, <laughs> oddly enough, that goes 80s, 90s. Wow, that's, that's a long time. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it, it just re-upped for however many more years. Um, and what's interesting is that it's always been, comedically, it's always been a little bit edgy. But up until recently, they've never really had too many like controversies where, where you're just like, oh, they, they've gone too far. Like, like with South Park or Family Guy, there's, there's, there's 
half a dozen sort of uh, moments where, you know, South Park does something really offensive, everybody gets offended and they can never play that episode again, you know, that kind of thing. Um, the Simpsons only has the, the Apu controversy, which is recent. Right. And I think that it's almost a controversy born out of its longevity. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the other thing is, is like, and they handle it absolutely right. It's like, hey, Kazaria is just like, okay, I won't do it anymore. Yep, and they're done. <laughs> yeah, it's like maybe they'll get somebody else to do Apu, or maybe they'll just, uh, you know, other have... other characters have disappeared because of yeah, all the Phil Hartman characters. Phil Hartman's got so many characters early on, like like Lionel Hutz. I'm trying to think of the other ones. I know that's the, the big one. Lionel Hutz, uh, Troy, Troy McClure. You may remember me from such movies as. Here comes the metric system. Yeah. <laughs> so great. Uh, yeah. Every time I see an episode with Phil Hartman, it, it does make me a little bit sad. Yeah. So who else? Yeah. The, it's, a, it's also a show. So where the archetypes. Now, maybe this is actually the template for the archetypes. It's just the Simpsons family themselves. Sure. Mother, father, son, daughter. And maybe that's actually the real template. Maybe. Maybe. Because you don't really even have to, uh, you know, play with a Maggie really doesn't count as a character because she doesn't really do anything. A little but, bit of an accessory. Yeah. But again, like, the show has heart, too. It's, it's funny and it's nonstop rat-a-tat-tat jokes. But, and, and while you can look at Homer and Bart and be like, oh, they're vile. But they always have, like, the conscious and the heart of the show is Lisa and Marge, you, you know, who always try to do the right thing. Right. And th there is an arc to almost every episode. Homer mm -hmm. does something stupid, which yep. ticks off one of the, the, you know, sensible characters like Marge slash Lisa. Or the law or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then it, at the end, Homer has to, because he actually still wants to be a good person or has... has good intentions in his heart, he'll sort of right. rectify it at the end. Yep. So that's it. That's, that's our list. The list. Um, and we want to do like honorary dad bods of the week. We've got dad bods. Dad bods. When you and have all, this many shows. Yes. And they're all going to come from these shows. Now, but not every show has a dad bod. Because Criminal Minds, you just can't find a dad bod. They're all too beautiful. Uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, they're all too beautiful. Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, they're really all too beautiful. Though we did try with Giles. He's really hunky. I was thinking, he's a, he's a beautiful man. And when he has that episode where he sings the Who song on his acoustic guitar, it's like, I, I would have gone away with him. Now, they do dress him up very daddish. And it is kind of comic when they, 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 they make him edgy because they refer to his past where he's the Ripper. Right. I got to say, that's hilarious. Yeah. And they have, in that episode, he's wearing like a tight white t-shirt and jeans and he's got like a rolled up pack of cigarettes and his, you know, he's like a greaser all of a sudden. That's a crazy And uh, you do see that he is clearly not dad bodish, unfortunately. Yes, but it is dressed up like as if a dad was trying to be tough. Sure, sure, yeah. And he's, but he gets, but he gets the dad bod treatment because I mean, he also, he has the, the leather elbows on his tweed jackets so you know that's like that nobody wears that other than dad, dads and teachers and okay. most teachers would be a dad so, yeah. so, so he's one 
and then we're gonna go Turk from Scrubs, particularly Turk. later season of Scrubs. He has a few too many like you know French fries along the way. Like he started out like he was you know young and you know thin. He puts on he packs on a few extras. They have him dancing a bit. Yeah. Later so, on though, it, he's he's clearly got the a nice a nice roundness. Yes. Yes. Really hits that form. Yeah, he would never be the top of the you know eagle that he and JD do. <laughs> that would be a bad yeah. idea. <laughs> yeah, because he crushed JD. Yeah. So sorry, Zach uh, Braff. <laughs> uh, Toby from the West Wing might be the most sort of daddish of all of our dads. Yeah. Well, until we get to our number one, but Toby, Toby's sure. Toby's got that look though. Yeah. Got the, the balding head. Yeah. Got a little the, bit of belly. Oh yeah, it's great. Mm -hmm. Great dad yeah. bod look. I feel like Toby's looked like that since he was about like 17. Probably. Yeah. And he's always got the beard looks like it probably needed to be trimmed maybe three days ago, but he just hasn't bothered yet because he's been busy. Yeah. He's been bills and, you know, checking thermostats, stuff like that. That's a classic, classic mm -hmm. dad look. Yeah. And our best dad bod. Take it away. Oh, it is Ron Swanson. Yes. Ron mustache. Swanson, a, a tremendous mustache, a mustache that's basically a special effect. Yeah, whenever he smiles, it like changes the tenor of the, the, the scene. And there's just a few episodes where they do something to the mustache. There's one where the mustache gets burned a little because his, yeah. his eyebrows get burned. Yeah, all, I think they're all Tammy related. Well, one, well okay, so, so one, <laughs> of them, one of them, I, I'll go, let's go over the times when Ron Swanson's mustache gets affected. <laughs> this is a good, important list. Uh-huh. One is the funeral for little Sebastian. Okay. Ron Swanson lights the eternal flame. Okay. Which is not filled with uh, the, pro the, the fluid needed to keep an eternal flame going. It gets loaded instead with lighter fluid because oh. Jerry thinks that's a good idea. And it, <laughs> it results in, in Ron's eyebrows getting burned off and his mustache getting a little singed. So we still have okay. a mustache there. The other time okay. is the mustache gets shaved off. Right. And, at Tammy One's behest. Was that Tammy One or Tammy Two? I believe that was the Tammy One. And that's uh there's another time when the mustache gets this tweaked and he has cornrows. That's Tammy Two. Okay, okay, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. So e each are Tammy related. Each mm -hmm. is a shocking effect. Yes. I I'm amazed as a 45-year-old man who cannot grow a full beard to really save my life. It takes me like six weeks to get something like somebody will be, finally say, Hey, are you growing that out? It was like, yeah, like last season. <laughs> but, uh, but he seems to be able to do like, like a full mustache in like a week. All right. And that's our list. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you, Shane. Thank you, Michael. And goodbye. All right.